Slava Ukraini. Herorium Slava. The Curiosity Hour podcast may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion advised. Welcome to another listener-supported episode of the Curiosity Hour podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Tommy. Tonight we're thankful to have Tribes join us. We enjoyed hearing Tribes talk about working with youth to help them find their voice, the importance of storytelling, the importance of community, as well as the healing that comes from each album they put out. We encourage you to visit our website, thecuriosityhourpodcast.com, and to continue to be curious about the people and stories all around you. Stay curious. 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 Stay Tonight we had Tribes from Snotty Nose Res Kids on the podcast. And Tommy, what's that to you from our conversation with Tribes? I really, really appreciated. Um, there's a conversation, a part of the conversation that takes place where Tribes talks about the flow from each project that they've worked on um, from the very beginning through the most recent one. And the latest album is called I'm Good, How About You? And hearing Tribes talk about the what those words mean, in particular, with young D and tribes and how they relate to their community and how they connect with their community. I don't want to give it away, but I really appreciated and respected and enjoyed hearing tribes talk about what that means to them. Uh, it was a really cool part of the conversation. What about you, Dan? I agree with all that. Yeah. I, I just, I really appreciated how he emphasized the importance of the community to him and young D talked about that too. And it's just, it's so clear how, like how important that is to both of them and tribes really made that clear as well. And then also just, you know, talking about storytelling and words uh, and, and the way that um, tribes was doing that with the, with in taking his experience and transforming that into songs, into lyrics was was really awesome absolutely couldn't agree more uh and without further delay here is our conversation with the rapper tribes from the band snotty nose res kids well tonight we're excited to have tribes from the band snotty nose res kids join us on the curiosity era podcast tribes can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself uh my name is young tribes i'm one half the snotty nose res kids with my boy young d here and we come from the highs of nation uh, the people that snow, 676, you know what it is. And uh, we come from a small community up from Northwest BC. And, you know, like when you talk about hip hop, Kid in My Village is not mentioned in that. And I think that we're just like a couple of guys that are like pioneers in this shit. And we're just like tell, telling the stories that our people have meant to be told. And for us, like with what we do, I feel like we're, we're like, uh, going through uncharted territories and we're just telling our stories in an avenue that wasn't meant for us but at the same time it was meant for us so we're just here to tell our story well tribes thanks again for joining us and talk to us about what makes your life meaningful what gives your life purpose what makes you feel alive what's your bliss uh you know like growing up in a community like Kitimat village i feel like community was everything and it it even when we left the community, community never left us, especially when it came to hip hop, you know, like when we come into like 
being like, okay, we're going to be rappers. You know, the world will look at you and be like, yo, you're a couple of kids from the race. They look at you and they like kind of make jokes about you. But our community never did that. So we are community members. We're community people. Community stands behind us. And I feel like uh, for Native people growing up in a society that was like tearing Native people down at the time we were coming up, I feel like for me, being able to do what we do and uh, give our people a voice, give our youth a voice and give our people empowerment, especially our youth, that's what gives me, um, that's what makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Tribes, when did you first recognize that you could be a voice of empowerment, you could tell stories that deserved to be told? Let's bring it back to like, like when I was a kid, you know, like my mom always said, like, you know, I used to have these crazy ass dreams when I was a kid and I'd wake up and I'd just like be able to retell everything I just experienced in a nightmare, a dream. And I do a lot of daydreaming. I have like pretty like, I'm pretty like vocal about my ADHD. My mind is always racing. I'm always thinking about things. So it, when I go to sleep, when, especially when I was a kid, it was like pretty like severe. And my mom made me write down everything. And my mom and my dad, they made me write down everything that I would tell them. And that kind of like helped me through like some scary moments, like, like I wouldn't be able to sleep, you know? And at that point I realized like, I'm gonna be a writer, you know? So like going through high school, you know, I was like a little res kid in uh, like a little, with like white teachers, uh, white peers. And one thing that I was, that I did excel at was being able to tell stories. And I feel like us as native people, we are, um, we are storytellers and we are uh, people of like, like we don't, we don't write shit down or nothing like that. And I felt like at that moment, I realized that I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I'm going to be a storyteller. So it was then and there that I realized, you know, like, uh, as I got a little older and I started like hanging out with like older kids and I started hearing them listening to like Tupac, Biggie, NWA, people that were like fighting against the system that was like, in, in that point, people that were like trying to take us down. It made me feel like so empowered and it made me feel like this is what I want to do. I want to be a rapper. But you know, it took a long time to be like good at rap, man. It like, took a long time because like Telling stories and writing poetry is easy, but like finding rhythm in poetry is a lot harder, you know? So that that took a bit, but I feel like as a little kid and like, I feel like we're destined to be storytellers, you know? Like I come from a long line of storytellers. And if you can talk to us about, you know, your passion for storytelling, how did that bring you and, and Young D together? Uh, so for me and Young D, you know, we just, we grew up five doors down from each other, you know, and, and uh, me and his older brother were the same age. He's just a few years younger than us. But uh, me and his brother, like, found a connection with one another. We were like, our, we were neighbors. And we'd get up in the morning, we'd go swimming together, we'd hang together. And then eventually we, uh, like, when we got into high school, we re really reconnected. Because I got taken away, you know, I, like, when I was a little kid, my parents moved to the town. So we were living in town. And for a while there, you know, like I found, uh, I found that I was hanging with a lot of white kids and trying to find like myself, trying to fit in and trying to be the cool kid within like the white kid society and all that, you know, but it, I could never like really be myself around them. 
And then when we were in high school, me and, me and his older brother really reconnected. And we started a rap group in high school and it was called the Village Villains of all things, man. And, you know, we used to get into like rap battles against like other, other tribes, other nations, surrounding nations. And we grew up around like, like we played ball against like our, our, our rival communities and stuff. So the same thing went with rap. We used to like battle them and everything. It was like, it was almost like what we've seen on TV. And for us, you know, like me and Dan were like, like kind of like the head of everything, especially Dan, you know, he was, he's a rapper first and foremost. And he kind of like led the group, especially as a little kid. It was so funny to see, man, like, like he's such a, he's such a, a quiet dude. He's an introvert, but like once he starts rapping, man, a beast comes out of him. He just, he just turns into a savage. So one of the things that's kind of come out over the course of this short conversation so far is like the, the idea of being on the res or in the res and being outside of it. So can you talk about like what that feels like to you, um, like actually being in the res and then what is it like for you being, being off? Um, you know, like gr growing up on, gr for us growing up on the res, we grew up with, uh, free spirits. We were able to do whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. And our people looked out for us. Our community looked out for us. And, you know, like, I mean, as kids, like if we grew up in the city, we wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have that sense of community, especially at a young age. Like we wouldn't be able to run free around the city or anything like that. So I feel like being res kids growing up on the res, it gave us a sense of uh, security and being able to feel safe around our people. And I think we took that into our adulthood when we finally left the res and left our community and moved into like kind of like scarier situations with people that didn't really accept us the way that our people accepted us. Because for us, you know, like we were never scared of the races and we kind of like just like brushed it off. We're not fighters, man. Like, you know, like we would never like, be like, oh, what'd you say? And like, get into it and like try and fight people or nothing like that. But, you know, we would be proud of who we are, where we came from. And for us moving into the city, like what we did was like, we found a community. We found a community of like-minded people. They were all like, when we moved to Vancouver, it was all artists trying to make it in the same way we're trying to make it. Maybe not the same field, maybe not like the same genre, maybe not the same, like, like even like, like we got like film people, we got like artists, we got carvers, we got everything out here. So we found a community of people trying to make it in the same way that we are trying to make it. And we just kind of grew together. Like when we moved to the city, like, man, like I cannot stress enough how much I love Vancouver, how much I love like Coast Salish territory and living here and squatting here, you know, like this has become a home for us. And they've treated us as like family. Yeah, can you talk about the importance? Young, we were talking with Young D about doing workshops with young people and and how yeah. important that is um, to help really inspire people to help, especially indigenous people, young people, to help them find their voice and yeah. songwriting and production and music. And can you talk about that and the importance of that for you? So for us, when it comes to inspiring people, especially youth that are trying to like find themselves in a society that was never made or built or created for them to thrive, I guess you could say. I feel like it's very important for Native people to find like, like uh, someone that they can look up to. And even for us, you know, like we started this, we started this because 
like when I first moved to the city, I wasn't even like a youth like that. I wasn't like a little kid or nothing, but I seen some native native artists performing at the York Theater, selling out the venue and doing what me and Darren do. And, you know, like, I was like, okay, like called up Darren that day, that night, right when I walked out of that theater and I was like, yo, dude, you need to move to the city. We got something here. We got something that we can build from. We got something that we can build towards. We got something that can like, we got a community that can like follow what we do if we do it right. You know what I mean? And we would just speak the way that we're like, that our, that our uncles and aunties like taught us how to like be. And for us, it was always, it was always about the youth. It was always about like the younger us. And I remember when we were kids, like there was so much like, and it sucks to say, man, but there was a lot of racism for us growing up. And one thing that we said was that we wanted to come back to our high school and just show the kids that, you know, like, you think we ain't shit, but we're, we're this, we're doing this, we're doing this, and we're gonna make them fans, you know? And that was like one thing that we really wanted to do, just to like, just, just to like show them, you know? It, man, it makes me emotional to say it. It makes me really emotional, but like, it just, it was just to like, let people know like, yo, we, we are, we are capable of whatever the fuck we put our minds to. And uh, from there, like me and Dan or me and D kind of went off and we just like, we're like, we're going to make this not about that, but we're going to make this about our youth and give our youth a voice and something to look forward to and someone to look up to you know like we were never role models going up we were role models to like our own people like our own community and stuff like that but they knew what we were about like you know like we're not sober or nothing like that but at the same time you know like we were role models within our own community but we came out of the gates being like yo we don't want to be role models but we want to show the kids what they can accomplish if they put their minds to it so i feel like for us it's not in those res kids the main thing that we've always tried to do and like our, our, I think our, one thing that you can say about us is that we are a voice for our youth first and foremost. We tell our story the way it's meant to be told. And then whoever else wants to listen to it after that, that's up to you. If you don't want to fuck with us, you don't have to fuck with us. But this is for our youth. And it's really, really clear listening to your songs and, and reading the lyrics that you guys put out that that is absolutely what you're doing. So can you talk about, in particular, um, we, we talked to Young D about the song, The Resistance. Um, it's a really, really powerful track. It really spoke to both Dan and me. Um, can you talk about what it was like um, writing that song and putting that song together and then being able to perform that song and seeing the impact that it has on people? So I feel like I feel like the resistance came to us at a time when it was like we were kind of like just starting off snotty nose res kids and kind of figuring out like what our purpose was in this in this this movement that is the indigenous movement. And at the time, you know, we didn't have a single fucking say in what was going on, but we just were just like kind of like like a little tiny like sand grain in this massive fucking sculpture that was the indigenous movement. And uh, at the time, you know, I was going through some shit. Um, my brother actually like lost his life to suicide and it was like really traumatic to us. And I feel like when me and Darren came together, he was, all, we were always talking about like rapping and doing something, but he moved out to the city after my brother passed away. And my brother was a huge influence on Darren too. 
on D as well. And he moved out here with us and we just started like making what Snotty Nose Res Kids was. And at the time it was just, we were making this, an album called Snotty Nose Res Kids, which eventually turned into our names, right? Self-titled. And I think at the time it was like a huge healing tool for us to be able to like speak our minds on what it was to lose someone to like such a thing. But um, what native rap never had back then was positivity at the end of a light at the end of the tunnel. We would always talk about the dark things, but never uplift everyone at the end of it. So what our main focus was, was never letting anyone down at the end of it, you know? So when we talked about like my brother losing his life to suicide, we always had ended it with my people or the resistance, you know? And the resistance kind of came in by uh, uh, Standing Rock was going on, the fight for North Dakota. Um, we were at the very beginning of like the, the LNG fight for uh, here in Burnaby Mountain, us back home. And then we had uh, Lilo Island where they were trying to build a, a gas line at the end of a sanctuary, which was crucial for our salmon development and our, our salmon survival, you know, like it, it was like probably like one of the biggest estuaries for salmon to come through. And you know, like when you talk about native people, you you can't you can't talk about native people and our identity without talking about the land that we live from, because like it's so important for us, like the land that we live on. So I come from a long line of land defenders, and a lot of communities are divided between capital and land. You know, they're like, and you know, like this is going to be this could be like something that people could like come at me for, you know, and like, but like, I'm just going to say it because that's what I'm about, man. I'm about the land and I'm not about, I'm not about, I'm not about gas lines. I'm not about none of that. You know, I have family members there about that, but like, you know, like that's not me. And for us, I feel like the resistance was very important at that time because like we needed to make an anthem for the people in the front lines. And that's what Snotty Nose ended up being, you know, after we made that first album, we went on to, um, uh, uh, the average savage and then we kind of like picked up and then for the whole year dude I we we made uh concerts we made almost every weekend I was doing clothing grabs every weekend and I was sending everything that I made off to these fights to the front lines man like I never made a dime for the first two years you know like we sent all our money off to all anything we made bro and I was broke as shit and we sent everything to the front lines People don't know that, but we did that, you know? And like, we were literally about that life. And, you know, like nowadays people are coming at us and they like, they ask, they're like, they're like, oh, you're in about that life. But I was like, oh, listen to our lyrics, listen to our lyrics. We're still about it, but like, like we're just in a different avenue now, you know? Like, but we're still helping out. We're still like starting things with, we're still about it, you know? And Tribes, one of the things that's really clear in talking to both you and Young D is, first of all, how much you guys share a vision. Um, because the just talking to you both, there there are bits and, and pieces of phrases that are, are similar. And it's really kind of amazing to hear that. Um, you guys clearly are working together really well. But another thing that, that comes out is um, Young D talked about um, having, you know, the pandemic was a really hard time and he started going through counseling and that it was helping a lot. You've talked about having ADHD as a kid. So talking about these kind of like stigmatized topics, 
uh, is something that both of you guys are doing really openly and just matter of factly. So is this something that you like purposely are doing? Are you making a point of doing that? Or is it just, this is a part of who you are and that's what you're doing? You know, like when it comes to like, like these like traumas that we go through, whether it comes from us being counseling or like just going through like mental health issues, like through like, you know, like losing family members to suicide or, you know, like just like dealing with our childhood traumas that like we don't really like to talk about or anything like that. I don't try and make it part of my identity. I don't try and tell people because like, oh, yo, this is going to be who I am or anything like that. But it's a part of me. You know, it's not it's not who I am. I would never make it who I am. I'll never make any of that stuff. Like even me having ADHD, I will never make it a part of me. I'll never make an album about it because you know what? I'm an indigenous man from Kitimat Village, Northwest BC. That's who I am. That's my identity. That's what I'm going to talk about. But at the same time, you know what? I have a fucking... I got history and I got things that I've been through. I'll talk about it, but I'll never make it who about like, I'll never make it part of my, I'll never make it like a, like a centerpiece of like my identity. And tribes, one of the things we asked young V, we sort of asked him about you and we'd love to ask you about him. So what do you most admire in young D and how has he most influenced who you are? Uh, I've said it a lot, man. Like, you know, like, um, I have a very active mind and I have a very creative mind and Darren does too, you know, but we just like, we work differently. And I feel like for D, he's a very great rapper. He's one of the best rappers I've ever heard in my life. And I am a really great creative. You know, I come up with a lot of great ideas and that's just how our minds work. And that's how we work as, uh, as a duo. And I've always said it, man, like some people have come, try to come between us. And one thing that me and Dee have been able to express towards each other is that like we've been through so much that those little like things that come into our ears will never be able to take us down. But one thing that we can understand, and I think a lot of it has to do with us being able to like grow up on, a, on like a basketball team and be great at basketball and like fight for what we wanted to do and train and you know when it comes to like teams like that there's a lot of like bickering there's a lot of back and forth there's a lot of like there's a lot of like even like like when it comes to like big dogs in the team there's a lot of button heads you know and same thing that same thing that happens with a with a band or a rap group or anything and I've told D I was like like yo we've been through everything but at the end of the day we know what our goal is we know what we've been put here on this earth to do. And that's all that matters to us, man. Like at the end of the day, all that matters to us is like, we want to make history for our people, bro. We want to do that shit. And we're going to fucking do it, man. Like nothing can come between us. Like me and D love each other, bro. And tribes, what's the process for you like, uh, like, to create, you know, to, to take the experiences that you were talking about and transform them into songs and then express them not only in the albums, but also in front of people. I mean, for me, it, it's, it's, it's evolved over the years. You know, the first album was like a lot of our childhood shit, a lot of childhood traumas and just kind of dealing with like what it was like growing up on the res, like, you know, and like just giving power back to our people through different experiences. And a lot of it was like mental health, 
um, experiences, like just like our family, like losing, losing family members to like suicide. And, you know, like, but also, you know, just being from a, from a community that really uplifts one another. And then it moved on to like, you know, just dealing with, you know, I don't know if you guys heard, but like uh, the average savage was talking about um, like how society tried to take down native kids and make them feel like they ain't shit. But us exposing how they did that. And, you know, through Disney, Looney Tunes, like all these networks, as young kids, uh, we were not uh, white kids and people in our, that we grew up around were not only taught to hate us, but we were taught to hate ourselves. Like, you know, you look at like savages, savages, barely even human, savages, you know? And like, for us, it was just like, I always had to like, think about that and I went through that as a kid and a teenager and you know like I was never allowed to go to like parties and stuff in, in high school because of that and even people that like I played ball with like it sucked man after I made um Snotty Nose Res Kids it gave me like free headspace to be able to make The Average Savage and then after I made The Average Savage something I was thinking about for years it gave me free headspace to make Trapland and Trapland was something that really like kind of empowered Native people all across fucking Turtle Island, you know? And then after that, you know, like, I was just like, now what? <laughs> now what? So we made a little EP just for fun, you know? And that was like, whatever. But like, you know, when you come into life after, that took a long time because we've been working on this new album for years. And we had to put that on hold because like, I couldn't find... Um, I couldn't find uh, influence through experience like I usually do. And like, I find, I find a lot of inspiration. I draw a lot of inspiration from being on tour, being around people, meeting new people, finding um, similarities through different cultures, people that I meet and stuff like that, different types of way of prayer, different ways of like embracing life and, and like, like just like loving one another. And for me, uh, that put me into like a big fucking like like slum like it put me into like a like a writer's block and that's that was the birth of life after you know we were thinking about like things that we that we've been putting aside for years on end and I feel like for me like when it comes to the creative side I find a lot of creative like like you know like life after came through the pandemic and we lost a lot of family members we lost a lot of friends we found people who were doing a lot more drugs and we like lost friends to like like drug addiction and shit like that and being coming into like the party life and everything you know so it like i feel like our creative our creative juices always flow through experience and it, we always find like we always find something to write about through experiences that we've been through and the pandemic is no different and halfway through that, we realized, you know, like, like we have to face our demons, shit that we've been dealing with. You know, like we, Darren went through a therapy session, stuff like that. I had to like go through and like realize, okay, I need to do better for myself, stuff like that. And like, but at the same time, me and Darren got together finally. I moved back from Toronto and we were like, okay, look, we got something to write about here. This is like, this is an experience, you know? And Life After came from that. And you know, the new albums are coming from that. Like like the, the, the new album right now, I'm Good, came from Life After. And like now me and Darren are like at the best point in our lives, I feel. 
Like we are finally healthy uh, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And, you know, good things are coming from it. You know, we're writing the best music for our lives and it's only going to get better. And so Tribes, that is a really nice segue to talk about the new song, Damn Right, as well as the video, which is really cool, really, really fun. Can you talk about um, the song and then talk about the video? If you want to talk about Damn Right, you got to pull it back to like the concept of the project. And the project is, I'm good, how about you? And for us, it's always been, if our people ain't good, it doesn't matter how good we're doing. Because like for us, we're always just trying to bring our people up. And especially with this music, man, like, like we, got, we got the privilege to be able to do what we want. And, you know, like, like I, come from a, I come from a working community where like I know a lot of my cousins, a lot of my brothers, a lot of my people I grew up with are not doing good. So for us, it's like, I'm good. How about you? How are you doing? And damn right, it's kind of like that too, because like, like when we came up, we were always surrounded by community, not necessarily in person, but like everybody was watching us and making sure we were good, making sure that like, like they brought us up, you know, like, and that started with our home, our hometown community. And I think that our community has grown in the last little while. So if they ain't doing good, then we ain't doing good. So for us, uh, it pulls it back to like the lead single and it's I'm good. So we've been doing good since the pandemic. And you know, like, like I said before, every single project that we put out is a stepping tool towards our healing process. And it's bringing us in the right direction. And this project, the writing, everything has been the exact same damn thing. You know, we did Trendsetter and now we're doing Damn Right. And Damn Right is like a lot of like, we got a lot of haters online and stuff. And like, I know we shouldn't be direct or like talking to them so much, but you know, Darren says like, uh, cameras are no cameras, I'm gonna tell you how I feel, right? So we're gonna speak our mind no matter what it is. And Damn Right is just that. And at the same time, you know, like I feel like people, the way that we're perceived is that we are, we are paving the way for native rap. And I know that there's been people that came before us, but I feel like for us, me and Darren, I feel like as far as native rap goes in, in, in like mainstream or even like, like coming up to like, you know, like the accolades that we've received, uh, we're breaking into a new territory. And for us, damn right, is letting them know like, yeah, we're gonna be here, damn right, damn right we're here, damn right we're here, you know, like, that's what it is for me. You know, you were talking about the online stuff and there's just so much vitriol out there. I know there's also plenty of good out there, but there's just, yeah. there's a lot of negative stuff out there. How do you tune that stuff out or how do you make it sure that it, it doesn't like change your vibe? I feel like uh, as far as like the negative connotations that come around with us, it's like a lot of it, like I would say 99% of uh, the hate is not hate. It's more like criticism. And the people that uh, talk it or say it, they're not doing it to hate. They're doing it because they love us. So there was a time where it was hate. And now me and Darren are starting to recognize that a lot of the times that when people come at us with those, that kind of energy, it's still love. 
And we're just letting them know, like, you know what, like, yo, we're still doing our thing. We're still doing it for the people. And if you just like, it's hard for me not to get into like the comment section because I read everything, you know, like as artists, we read everything, but it's hard for me not to get into the comment section and get defensive. So what I try to do is like meet it with humor or be like, yo, have you listened to the lyrics? Because like a lot of people are like, oh, you're all about the hype now. Oh, you're all about trying to get on mainstream. But I was like, yo, did you listen to the lyrics? You know, and the way that I look at it now is it's mostly love, but it's like criticism through love. So I don't take it. I don't take it very personally. I just try and just let them know, you know, like, yo, we're still us. We're still doing us and we're not we're not changing for nothing. And one thing that I said in one of my lyrics was um, we didn't sell out. We just bought into ourselves. Tribes, can you also talk about, you know, we we loved seeing the video for Damn Right. And what was that experience like making that video? Yo, that video was crazy to me because like, you know, like everyone, like everyone in our parents, everyone in our mamas grew up listening to the Beatles, you know. And uh, for us, it was just like, Darren's always said it, you know, like uh, Ray Sherman said Black Beatles, you know, they made that, they made that whole thing like super famous as far as like, uh, hip hop goes. So for me and Darren, we always say like, we're the native Beatles. And I feel like, I feel like it's true, you know, to, to the extent, you know, like, like for us, obviously we're not as big as like the native Beatles, but there's also like hundred million white people in America and Canada versus a, a million people in all of like North America for native people. So as far as like, like the Beatles went, like, I feel like we got that same kind of like energy vibe. And when Darren says like, we're the native Beatles, I feel like, I feel like we're doing it in that way. But obviously like, <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough thing to say, but like, I just feel like he's right. You know, like we're doing it like that. And I'm curious, we asked Young D this too. What are you looking forward to next? What is next for you guys? Um, what's next for us is, uh, we're working on this like massive project we've been working on for the last couple of years. And before that, we have a project that we're working on and there's gonna be a lot of like really high, um, high profile artists that are like very established that we've been wanting to work on with for years. And it's gonna be a big collaboration project, probably about like 25 songs deep. And I can't talk too much about it, but it's gonna be like something that no native artist ever, has ever done before in this in our time. So I think that we're gonna be making history with it. Well, oh, yeah. one of the things that I, you know, one of the things I'm curious about is that experience of of being on the road and in front of other people. Um, we were talking to Yandi yeah. about this, and and just like, what is it like to actually? you know for someone like me who's not i'm i'm not a musician I, and I, I so i don't even i can't even comprehend what it would be like to be in front of that many people with your own story with your own work mm. and then performing it in front of them and seeing their reaction so what does that feel like like on an emotional level and physically like what's the sensation that you're going through when you're on stage in front of the group I feel like performing in front of people that like really love you and came out to like, just like experience you like in that, like in that way is like probably the most liberating feeling in this entire world. And like, I'm not trying to get like, <laughs> I really don't like to like talk about like ourselves like that, but I feel like for us, you know, like it's something that no one's ever done before to be able to like 
travel to different countries, you know, like uncharted areas where we're not like even close to being from. And, you know, like, you know, like for us, native country, Indian country is everything to us. It's, it's, it's like what we make this music for, man. And uh, we're just starting to branch out into like this new, like mainstream kind of like, like realm that we've never really touched before. But, you know, like when we first started doing this, we were like doing it in front of like Van City crowds and all our proceeds, like I said before, it all went to the front lines. And I was doing clothing drives every single weekend, everything went to the front lines. And now, you know, like even like a few years ago, we were doing headlining shows and doing 15,000 people like headline shows with people that didn't even know who we were that were just raging to our shit. And we did, I will say it to this day, like we did a show in Nest Creek and I was somewhere in Saskatchewan, there were 15,000 people that moshed hard. <laughs> and that was the most insane experience I've ever went through in my entire life. And to, to see us go on like our own headline tours, we did probably like 70 shows this year. And to have everybody from coast to coast, all of North America, go off to our shit and people lined around the block was unreal, dude. It's something that like, you know, like we dreamed of growing up, something that no one ever thought we'd be able to do, but Darren knew that we'd be able to do it. So with his vision in mind, man, we went and fucking accomplished this. And I feel like, you know, like for us, performing is the greatest feeling in the world. And I wouldn't give up nothing for it. Nothing for it. Bit of a transition here. Um, can you talk to us about your experiencing experience of spirituality, your spiritual journey? So for me, man, you know, I've never been a spiritual man. I've never really, like my family's never really been about that. You know, like we've been, um, my dad, my dad's a hunter. He, he, he gathers for the entire community, just stuff like that for our, for our family and stuff like that. And I've, like, you know, like we are products of the potlatch band, you know, we have nine fluent speakers in our entire community, but we're building, you know, and just recently, you know, like I went through some different, some life changing things. And, you know, Darren's partner, like, uh, was one of the people that kind of like helped me like find like a different, <laughs> like, like a spiritual side of myself. When, I, when she gave me a, a brush done and I literally felt an out-of-body experience and like literally cried my eyeballs out, everything came off and I was going through some dark times. And then I felt like I was myself again after like being in a really weird rut for like months, like probably like half a year. And since then, you know, like as far as my spirituality goes, you know, like I've created a creator, I smudge every morning, and I just do my best to be the best version of myself. But as far as like, you know, like indigenous spirituality from tribe to tribe, like I don't really have it like that. But you know, like I do my best, my best of my ability. Tribes, talk to us about the role of humor and laughter in your life. So for us as native people, man, like, yo, like we've been put through so much shit that we have to find humor and just like, take it in you know like we've been put through so much shit we've been taken for so much of what we uh what are what we deserve what we have 
And for us, you know, like a lot of us have to just be able to laugh it off and just be able to like, like relate through humor. And I feel like that goes from native people coast to coast. And, you know, like you look at like new shows like uh, Trickster and um, Reservation Dogs. And, you know, there's like a whole bunch of different like uh, uh, indigenous Native American native shows that are all like that. And a lot of the shows, like, it doesn't matter where you're from, you can relate to it because the humor is all the same. Our aunties are the same, our uncles are the same, our grandmas are the same. And like, you know, like we're able to laugh at things, no matter what we've been through, we're, we, we're still able to laugh and laughter is our medicine, man. And I feel like, like a lot of people like don't get it. Like a lot of our humor is very, it's like, you kind of have to like, under. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. Like our, our humor is like, it's indigenous, man. Like we just got to be able to like be there and just be raised with it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, that's not even that funny. But like to us, we're like dying laughing, you know? And I feel like, I feel like for us, it's just like, we just got to be able to laugh through things. Laughter is medicine for us. And Tribes, uh, can you talk about books and authors that are important to you and bands and musicians that are important to you? I feel like for me, as far as like authors and stuff go, you know, like especially indigenous authors, my my cousin Eden Robinson, um, she wrote Monkey Beach, she wrote Son of a Trickster, and you know those all got turned into shows or movies that we've been a part of. Lucky enough to be a part of. Thank you, Eden. We love you, dude. Like that's my auntie. That's my mom's little cousin, you know. And like uh, for us, like that's like like. That she was one of like the people that made us realize that we could make it in this game, you know, like like we could like do our our thing and like make our voice be heard, and it didn't matter who was listening as long as we made it proper. Everyone will listen. Doesn't matter if you're white, black, Indian, like Chinese, whatever, yo. Like we can make music for anyone, you know, as long as we tell our story right. And I feel like as far as um, music goes, like there's a lot of legends out there. I feel like I don't even need to say it, but there's like Buffy St. Marie, Redbone, you know, as far as rappers go, there's like uh, Jesus, Joey Styles, the, um, the former Mob Bounce, people that we looked up to growing up to that we got mentorship from. Those are the people that we really looked up to in those industries. But as far as influence came, I feel like our influence really came from the people in our community, the people that really were around us every single day that told us what we were about and like who, and really like kind of like helped us through everything, you know, like I had a lot of people when we were first starting this that like, kind of let me know, like, like I got a message that needs to be heard and they helped me through it. But, you know, like those are my musical and like, are the, the, my influences that are authors and all that, but there's a lot more to it than that. In Tribes, how can our listeners keep connected to you? How can they purchase the latest album and how can they make sure to see you guys on tour? So you guys, like, if you guys want to like stay connected with us, follow us at Snotty Rest Kids, everything, uh, Instagram, uh, the Rest Kids on, on TikTok. We don't really do much TikToks, but everything else, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that, everything's there. But snottynoserezkids.com, that's all our tour dates. And we tour a lot, trust me. So pay attention to that. And that's where we'll post all of our festivals that we're playing at. And this summer's gonna be crazy. So just pay attention to it. 
Well, Tribes, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and share your story and your music. Uh, Dan and I both really appreciate the music that you guys are putting out, the the stories that you're telling through your music. So thank you very much. Oh, uh, yeah. Dan and Tommy, we appreciate you a lot, man. Like, Thank you guys for having us. Currently, the Curiosity Hour podcast does not contain any advertisements or commercials at the beginning or during our episodes. So we hope you won't mind indulging us in a brief public service announcement about a few things that are important to Tommy and me. And it's important to note that these are our views and they don't in any way, shape, or form necessarily reflect the views of our listeners or our guests. Thanks for being a listener to the Curiosity Hour podcast. The world is facing a major public health crisis with the COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 pandemic. COVID-19 is very serious. And not only can it kill people of any age, it can also injure people and cause lifelong damage to people's physical and emotional health. Dan and I take the situation very seriously, and we encourage our listeners to join us in protecting our communities by wearing a mask and face shield, social distancing, regularly washing your hands, and staying at home whenever possible. People are the fuel of this virus, and if we can limit unnecessary contact, we can help prevent the spread of this dangerous virus. Wherever you are in the world, please get vaccinated if you have access to the COVID-19 vaccine. Please do your part and join Tommy and me. We're both proudly vaccinated against COVID-19, and we encourage our listeners to get vaccinated against COVID-19 as well. Remember to keep in touch with your family and friends via phone, text, and email. Check up on people and keep your connections, even when you can't be physically in the same space. Please be kind to others, as this is a stressful time for all of us to navigate this challenge and all the future uncertainties. And please be kind to yourself. In the U.S., we're also in the midst of an important ongoing movement for racial justice. Dan and I support anti-racism education, awareness building, and action. We also support the Movement for Black Lives Vision for Black Lives. This vision includes the following is found on the m4bl.org website. Ending the war on black people, investing in the education, health, and safety of black people instead of investments in the criminalizing, caging, and harming of black people. Reparations for past and continuing harms. Economic justice for all and a reconstruction of the economy to ensure black communities have collective ownership and not merely access. Community control of the laws, institutions, and policies that are meant to service black communities. And black political power and self-determination and the rights of protesters to be respected and protected. We hope your family, friends, neighbors, and colleagues are able to stay healthy and safe. And as always, remember to stay curious. The Curiosity Hour podcast is listener supported. And thanks again to all those of you who have donated to help pay for the expenses needed to keep the podcast in operation. Remember, the easiest way to donate is via the Venmo app. And you can donate to at Curiosity Hour on that app. That's at Curiosity Hour. Tommy and I thank you for joining us on this episode of the Curiosity Hour podcast. We encourage you to visit our website, thecuriosityhourpodcast.com, where you can learn all the ways to listen to the podcast. You can listen to previous guests, and you can find out how to continue the discussion online via our Facebook page and our Facebook group. If you'd like to share your story or have a suggested guest, please visit our website, thecuriosityhourpodcast.com, and complete the Contact Us form. We encourage you to share your stories with others and to find out about the stories all around you. Stay curious. 
Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.